This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as people join us as well online. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. And again, good morning to all those who are still at home and watch us all over the world on via the internet. Uh, before we go any further, we want to pause just to talk about our offering. If you'd like to give uh, cash or check, you can see envelope cards on the seats in front of you, and you can place those in the offering buckets on the way out of the service this morning. Others give online or sign up for recurrent giving, which is very helpful to us. And this, you just sign up one time, and it just automatically happens. Uh, it's great. Or people can use their apps, uh, the, their app on the phone, Celebration Church app download it and you can give that way. Uh, it's just an easy, easy way to give. And thank you for your continued faithfulness for the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God. We'll be talking a little bit more about that uh, in the message this morning. Uh, before we uh, do anything else, I want us just to pause for a moment and uh, offer up a brief prayer for, uh, for Peter in Myanmar. He's the uh, man who runs that orphanage that uh, we've been supporting for years Many of you have been there. I've been there. It's amazing uh, what they've done in building this uh, orphanage and all the children that they minister and help to, orphans and stuff in a very poor uh, country that's been going through all kinds of horrible economic and political gyrations over the last year. That's been pretty rough. Anyway, we got a message that, uh, last night that Peter had to come down with uh, COVID, uh, not Terribly shocking. Lots of people have, have had it. Uh, but then last night he took a turn for the worse, and they're very concerned for him. So I would like us, we haven't heard anything yet uh, this morning, but then communication with Myanmar is spotty at best. And I just thought, let's just pause for a moment, offer up a special prayer for Peter. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the author of life, and you're a giver, and you're a healer. Lord, we pray for Peter. We thank you for a man like this who serves you and honors you and taking care of those who have no one to take care of them, and that we can join together with him and minister to these young boys and girls. Lord, we pray for Peter who's sick. 
with the uh, COVID uh, transmission, the virus. God, we just ask you to touch him and to heal him. Spare us, O Lord, the great sorrow and the pain and the loss uh, should he succumb to this. We ask you, Lord God, to raise him up off of that bed. You are not limited by time and distance as we are, but you're not. God, you can touch him right now. We ask you for a breakthrough for him and that healing and recovery would come for him. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. Uh, Another quick announcement this morning. Uh, uh, Becky and Keith are now grandparents. Grandma Becky. Hey, Grandma. And uh, Hope had a little boy. His name is, don't say it, don't tell me, don't tell me. It's Caspian. Caspian. From the uh, Chronicle of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. I didn't read the book. I watched the movie. All the smart people here read the book, then there's the rest of us. So, uh, anyway, good for them. <laughs> new journey, new season in life. It is, is really quite fun. It is great. You can just have so much fun with them and then give them back. And uh, it is great. And the most, the funniest thing is because, and it, you watch, it'll happen. With all first-time parents, they're paranoid about everything, right? Or the first kid is like just... <laughs> But everything, just everything. It's still breathing, it's still breathing. And by the time the, you know, the fourth one you know, could fall down the steps on fire, and you, put your brother out and go outside, leave me alone, you know. Uh, but that first one, just, ah, and they bring him over and say, don't give him any sugar, and make sure you follow all these rules. And you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, bye. You want some candy? I have some candy for you. You know, and it's great fun, and you can uh, corrupt the child. It'll be wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, yesterday is uh, summer time still. What a great summer this has been, huh? This one for the records, spring and so we actually had spring this year. What a shock! It actually exists. Uh, and a fabulous summer. People still wrapping up their summer. S- uh, September's coming. We'll be back at it, but people still running around uh, doing that thing. I, we were with uh, Deanna's family yesterday for a family reunion that they did, which was great fun. I've never been to one. Our family never did that. Our family nobody liked each other, and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and I, I don't even know who, my, I don't, I never met all my uncles and aunts. I don't even know their names. I mean, it's just that kind of a thing. Whereas theirs, everybody, you know, it's just such great fun. I spent almost the whole time just hanging out with her aunties and giggling and laughing. And, and of course, they all know what I do. So they were nervous that I was going to mention them today in, in the service. And, and Carla, I promise not to mention your name. So it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, but we, we just had a fabulous, fabulous time. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we had an interesting experience boating, but I'll, I'll wait till next week to tell you about that. That was, that was kind of fun. All right. Am I done bat blathering? I think let's go. This is uh, looking at Proverbs this morning, the third chapter. Proverbs written by King Solomon. He writes in verse 13, he says, blessed are those, which is another way of saying happy. You're blessed. What a great life you have. Blessed are those who find wisdom. You want to be blessed? Find wisdom. Those who gain understanding. It's another version of it. For she, speaking of wisdom, and uh, whenever Solomon writes of wisdom, always puts her in a, in a female. I assume is because, again, not fair, but it was the world at the time. He's writing primarily speaking to men. And by making her a woman, trying to make her more attractive, you know, seek after wisdom. Uh, she is more profitable than silver, yields better returns than gold. 
She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire. Nothing you desire. Think about this. Nothing you desire or can desire can be compared with her. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. This morning I'll talk to you about wisdom and the importance of wisdom. Uh, Solomon writes a lot about wisdom and uh, hopefully you'll take some time and, and read some of that yourself. But he really gets into it. He says, those who despise wisdom are fools. I mean, this is the key to a successful life as far as Solomon was talking is, is finding uh, wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the knowledge of what is true and right coupled with the correct judgment as to the right action. It's basically knowing what to do. Knowing the right thing to do. There's all kinds of things you can do. <laughs> knowing the right thing to do. Wouldn't it be great if you had a life that you always knew the right thing to do? I mean, this was Solomon's life, which was rather amazing. I love the, this picture that we see in verse 16. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Uh, in the earlier service, I said, you know, depending on your age, uh, the younger you are, the more you're interested in what is in her left hand. <laughs> riches and honor. The older you are, the more you're interested in her right hand, which is long life, good health, right? Anyway, she holds these things. And today I want to talk about the problem that we have in missing. People tend to chase what's in her hand and forget about her. And that's a big mistake. It would be like if we're going to have a wedding service this morning and the bride and groom are here. And I say to the groom, do you take this woman to love and cherish? And he goes, not really. I just, she's a great cook. And, and, I, and, and I need a house that needs to be clean and stuff like that and my laundry and stuff. I mean, you'd be mortified, right? Or you said to the girl, do you, are you going to love and cherish this man? Ah, you know, I need an extra paycheck. And it would really help with the bills. So what happens, we'd all be mortified by that. Because what we're saying is, I don't really want them. I want what they have. But we become guilty of this. We start chasing what wisdom has, riches and honor and health and long life. This is what we chase, and we kind of ignore her, if you will, uh, to our great detriment. Um, let's take a look at Solomon, who wrote these words. Second uh, Chronicles, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Chronicles is the record of the, of the kings of Israel. He said, that night, God appeared to Solomon. So what, what's the situation here? Uh, Solomon is David's son. And, uh, and, and parenthetically, which means to put in parentheses, kind of off mark a little bit, but uh, it, it's an amazing story uh, because what happens is King David is the greatest king Israel ever had. The two greatest kings are David and Solomon. Without a king, this is, this is the rock of, of the kings in uh, Israel's history. King David, one who killed Goliath and wrote all the Psalms and everything like that, uh, he had... It just messed up at some point as, as he's king. He f sees this woman, thinks she's gorgeous, and he seduces her and starts having an affair with her. All very, very bad things, okay? And if that isn't bad enough, then because he's the king of the army, her husband was serving in the army, and he told the commanders, put him in, put him in a situation uh, where he's not likely to survive. 
And they did, and he died, and then he married. So he's basically guilty of murder, adultery and murder. This is bad. A lot of us here have done pretty bad things. I don't think anyone here has done that combination, uh, I hope. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's really, 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 really bad on anybody's scale. Uh, And so he now has this illegitimate wife by all measures. She has no business being there, right? Uh, But yet of all the women that David has sons with, it is Bathsheba, this woman, she gives birth to Solomon. And Solomon now becomes the next king. And God uses him in an amazing way. I say this parenthetically only to say, you know, if you think you're a mess and God can't use it, you have no idea. Okay? You know, People get, they think, well, you know, I've made the wrong path. You don't know all the whole decisions I've made and all the mistakes. And I've been divorced for 27 times. And how you keep finding a date, I don't know. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, all these horrible things happen and I, I, my life is over. No, it's not. It's not. It's fascinating. Out, you would think us being, you know, proper religious men and women, if we were God, we'd say, well, you can't, can't have Solomon because he's from this woman. Right? But that's not what God does. He forgives the whole thing, and now Solomon becomes king out of this illegitimate thing. You know, just to stick that in your head. So David dies, and now Solomon is becoming king. He's the young man. That night, God appeared to Solomon and says to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, this is the ultimate genie in a bottle scenario that has never been recorded before or ever since that we know of. People have written stories about this, fantasies about, you know, finding a genie in a bottle or you come to a, you know, on the beach and you pick up a glass and the genie pops out and says, ask for anything you want. I'll give you, usually it's three wishes, right? But this is one. He's got one. If you had one wish, what would you do? And a lot of people actually kind of fantasize about this. I have. What would I ask for? How could you, you know? Uh, And so this actually happens to Solomon. God appears to him and says, ask me for anything you want. What would you ask for? Solomon answered God, look, look, you've shown great kindness to David, my father. You have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge. That's what he asks for. Stunningly, that's his request. That I, why? That I may lead this people For who is able to govern this great people of yours? He is king now. And he says, give me wisdom so I can know what to do. So I can know the right thing to do. And God responded to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, and you've not asked for wealth, which is what most people would have asked for. Uh, You haven't asked for possessions, things, or honor, what is in the left hand nor for the death of your enemies, and since you've not asked for a long life, which is in the right hand, but you've asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king, because this is what you've asked for. Now remember, with this automatically comes wealth and long life. Things are about to go really well for him because he wants this wisdom that has this in its hand, but he doesn't ask for this. He asks for the wisdom. He gets both hands at once. And because he asks for this, God supercharges the whole thing. He says, therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, so there's no king who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. Solomon now becomes the wealthiest man in the history of mankind. 
Okay, I know we got rich people today, billionaires, trillionaires, but no one had as much wealth and power as Solomon had in history. That's why to this day, people know of Solomon. Uh, everything he did worked out. Can you imagine having politicians in Washington that always knew the right thing to do? <laughs> I can't either, but I'm just saying, this is what happens. He, it, it, because if they would always just do the right thing, what an incredible country we have, right? Well, this is what happened. Solomon always knew the right thing to do. And they prospered insanely. This is known as Israel's golden age. You talk about a run on the stock market, man. People were making bank during this man's life. Everything worked. Everything prospered. Wealth. And he was paid, the Bible tells us, his salary. He was paid in tons of gold every year. And, and I don't remember, I should have looked it up. Somebody Google it. How many tons of gold? But it actually says how many tons. It's a significant... I'd take a pound. You know, this would be great for my retirement, right? Which I'll never retire. But uh, tons, tons? It's a lot of gold every year. He had so much wealth, he had no idea what to do with it. This was, where'd he even find that much gold? This is how much he got paid. This is, I mean, these, he built Solomon's temple, the most beautiful temple. I mean, it's an incredible, incredible thing that happens because he asked for what? Wisdom. Wisdom, knowing that wisdom brings everything else with it. And then God says, because you chose wisdom, that he supercharged it. Now, we're not promised that. <laughs> I'll be happy with just the regular riches and long life. <laughs> I don't need to be the wealthiest man in the world. But this is what happens to Solomon. Um, wisdom is the key. You want a successful life? Chase after wisdom. Don't chase what's in the hands. Quit looking, because this is what everybody does. We're all, in fact, and I, Recently, as I was studying this, I thought, I need to change the way I pray, because oftentimes my prayers involve good health or finances for one way or the other. And I think, I've just been praying wrong. And I'm adjusting my prayer. God, give me wisdom. If I just know, if you just know the right things to do, that stuff will come. Don't get distracted, ah, you know, by what's in the hands, as most people do. So, an important thing, we read in James in the New Testament, the first chapter, fifth verse, James says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you ever feel like that? You like wisdom? You don't know what to do? I don't know what to do. What do I don't know what to do? Ask God, who gives to all generously without finding fault. God is not a nitpicker, and it will be given to you. God will give you wisdom. Now, here's the problem. We don't want wisdom today. We live in a culture where we despise wisdom. And Solomon said only a fool despises wisdom. And I fear we've become very foolish in our nation today, but also in the church. Most Christians don't want wisdom. What they want to know is what to do. Well, they were, God, tell me what to do. I just pray, oh Lord, just tell me what to do. I can make a decision. God, tell me what to do. And they flail about uh, and don't get much of an answer because that's not how this works. He doesn't say it. Ask God to tell you what to do. He says, ask for wisdom. Or he didn't say, ask God to tell you what to do. Ask for wisdom. Because in wisdom, you would get... And by the way, this is when God is the most glorified. When we take his principles and succeed in life. Are you catching? You know, I have, I have a son. He did a great job the last couple of weeks covering, preaching. Anyway, yeah, it's a good man. So, uh, and it's good for him. 
first time he did it back to back, I said, get used to it. This is what it's like, you know, so give him more opportunities for that. But uh, um, when he was a little boy, I had to check on everything he did. You know, did you, did you go potty? Did you pee pee today? And he'd say, no, I did it yesterday. Yeah, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's kind of a recurring experience. We have to keep, you know, now, that's not a big deal. What's a big deal now is as an adult, I don't have to check on that anymore. That brings me honor as a father, see? If I have to still call him to see if he went pee-pee, this is not to my credit, right? You think, what kind of a moron are you? You haven't talked, right? We, we think that God is glorified just telling everybody what to do. We've got a twisted picture in our head in the church today. And it just fries me, these people. Do God tells you, just do God tells you. And people say, oh, the Lord told me to do this. The Lord told me to do that. Man, when you hear people talk like that, get away from them. It's not how this works. Everything they think that comes in their head is God talking to them. That is not the way God works. You want to succeed in life? Ask for wisdom. What is wisdom? The ability to know what is the right thing to do and the best way to do it. That's what we should pray for. Just not for instant, because we're lazy. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to. I don't want wisdom. Just tell me what to do. You know, show me where it is. <laughs> Which I'm terrible that way, actually. I'm a terrible looker. When your wife goes, tells you to look for something, I'm horrible at it. Just horrible. I can't find nothing. But then I don't really look. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the refrigerator. I don't see it. We'll move something. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Because I'm just, I'm bad at that. But as though it might be, you don't want to be that way in life. You want to be uh, uh, intentional about getting understanding. By the way, I mentioned this also in the first service. Uh, do you know successful people? They ask for advice all the time. They ask, ask for advice all the time. You know what? You want to, you want to really get, uh, learn more? Find a successful person in your field and ask them advice. They love to tell you. Very very few people don't like, it's, it's part of it's an ego thing, right? Where the most best things are, man, tell me, well, can I get some advice? Well, well, of course, yeah, would you like to know, you know? But it's not like they hold it. They don't want anybody else to, because they've learned. They got it from somebody else and they're willing to give it to others. And you'll find successful business people get together. They have actually groups and stuff. They get together and they all just pick each other's brains, pass out cards. You got the situation? I give you some advice. This is how you succeed in life. Get wisdom. Just go in there and ask a business you got a hundred bucks? <laughs> well, no, they're not giving you a hundred bucks. I'll give you some wisdom, insight. Is this making any sense at all? Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you. All right. So, uh, we need money, but we don't want to get a job. <laughs> we don't want to save. We don't want to invest. But we pray God give you money. We ask God for better health but we don't want to stop eating fried foods and drinking lots of sodas and eating handfuls of sugar. I am a big sugar fan, personally, but I don't allow myself to do that because I would be sick all of the time. You want a great marriage? Yeah, I want a great marriage, but, but, but we refuse to stop being selfish and unwilling to change. And, and you can't do it. You, you, have, you have to learn not to be so selfish. The big killer in every marriage all marriages end for one reason and one reason only. You want to simplify it? Somebody or both get selfish. A lot of times it's just one. They just get selfish. They want what they want. I want a great marriage. 
God, why don't you give me a good marriage? Because you're a selfish little snot, that's why. And that's not the way it works. Stop being so selfish. Get some wisdom, all right? It's like you young people. It's like praying, oh, Lord, help me pass this test, but you, but you didn't study. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I don't think the way we, people pray. I need money, I need health. Oh, God, I want to get married. Help me pass the test. Help me do whatever. You know, but we don't want to work. We don't want to save. We don't want to invest. We don't want to stop eating bad food, drinking sodas, eating handfuls of sugar. We don't want to stop being selfish. We don't want to change. We like us the way we are. We don't want to study. And, and, and then our life is a mess. And I think a lot of people, they use prayer to make up for the fact they have no wisdom. It's true. Now, will God bail you out if you've been an idiot? Yes. Thank God. Uh, I've had some wonderful prayers from some incredibly stupid things I've done. Or God. But I, I think that some of that's temporary. At some point, God's going to let you just... I've seen it in people's lives. It's like they're hung out to dry. It's like, well, why don't, why don't God help me? Because you're a moron. That's why. Stop it. So where do you get wisdom from? Where do you get wisdom from? Well, there's practical wisdom. Asking for advice. Even spiritually, if you're struggling in life, ask for, you know, I'm really struggling. Have you asked for any help from your pastor? No. Well, call him. Ask him for advice. You know, just don't drift out there in the wind, you know. But again, people don't want, you know, even like the financial thing, you know. You know what a lot of people's version of, of financial win, I know because I hear you people talk, is the lottery, if your financial plan includes the lottery, <laughs> you're a disaster waiting to help happen. People always ask me to pray for them to win the lottery, you know. I think I'm going to start grabbing this. I'll pray for it right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray they will never win anything. <laughs> Just to teach them the lesson. Stop it. That's not the key to this. You're chasing the hand. You're chasing the hand. The key is... Grab this. It's already here. But stop. You start chasing this. It's like, you're not going to get it. Chase wisdom. And the greatest source of wisdom, what do you think, is God. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 24. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. You want some serious wisdom? Plug into God. Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Which is a shocker, because most people I know worry way too much. But he says, don't worry about your life. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to do? How am I going to retire? How am I going to pay this bill? <laughs> it must be exhausting. How much energy does that take? I've never been a worrier. I'm not a worrier by nature. I just, I'm, you know. Why? I, I'm just, I'm too lazy. Put that kind of energy into imagining the worst case scenario and just living in fear and paranoia. <laughs> My doctor says I, heart, I have heart problems. Really? <laughs> Relax a little bit for heaven's sakes. Goodness gracious. Quit worrying about all this stuff. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't do jack, my translation. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Can any of you, if 
by worrying add a single hour to your life? No. Why are you say why are you doing? You can't change anything by worrying. In fact, there's people who think if they don't worry, they don't care. They got this twisted disconnection in their head. Oh, I'm worrying because I care. No, you're worrying because you're a Nimrod. Stop it. You can't do anything by worrying. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even who? Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? <laughs> For the pagans run after all these things. Black Friday, the running of the pagans. <laughs> Your heavenly father knows you need them, but seek first What? His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Why? Because it's in his hands. Seek after God. Focus on God in your life. You want wisdom? Read the Bible. It's thousands of years of human history of people who've done the right things or have done the stupid things. You learn reading this stuff. You learn about God. You connect with God because in him is the greatest wisdom of all. You want this stuff? Quit chasing this stuff and chase him. Make it about him. It's why we put the kingdom of God for It's why we gather and we sing. We... I'm struggling with my life. Why? I don't know. Maybe you should go to church more than three times a year. I'm just saying. You know, you ever read the Bible? No. Well, why do you think your life stinks? Seriously. You're chasing for all this stuff? Read your Bible. Go to church. Man, we were raised. We were, every time the light was on, we were in church. My kids were raised in church. My son will tell you. We smacked them more than once. You know, they didn't, we didn't have, that was before they all had nice little programs for the kids. <laughs> they had to sit with the adults. Shut up. <laughs> you know? But it was just what we had to do. Always did. But then your life starts to succeed. Why? Because you start knowing the right, the right things to say yes to and the, wrong th- and the right things to say no to and you're making the right decisions and your life is being blessed and God is giving you wisdom and you're prospering and you're succeeding. Why? Because you're focused on him and not what he has holding in his hands. It's why we give. People are, why do you give money? I mean, a lot of people, their version of an offering is, you know, what they would tip a waitress. Look, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm just, it is what it is, you know. A dollar, this is awesome, you know, five dollars. Really. Why, why would you give any significant amount of money? Because we want to build first the kingdom of God. Well, why would you do that? You're going to lose. No, you don't wind up losing. Talk to people who do this. They don't wind up losing. How's that possible? Because we actually believe what Jesus said. If you'll seek first the kingdom, everything else will be given to you, he's saying. Why? Because it's in his hands already. But focus on him. Do first the kingdom of God. But I, I just, I know the problem is a lot of people, the kingdom of God is a second thought. If that, the thing about everything else in life. That's why church's attendance is very sporadic and giving to the churches is very sporadic and everything because it's not a central thought in their heads. But then they don't, they, they wind up chasing what's in the hands and rarely will you ever get it. Better to chase the kingdom of God because that's where you'll find all these things. And ending with this, Um, In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 15, Paul writes these words to the church. 
Be very careful then how you live. Why? Because a lot of people are not careful. They're just not careful. They just take it all as laissez-faire and it's just, oh yeah, whatever. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Live a wise life. Seek wisdom. Don't just chase what's in the hand. Oh, like a silver thing, like a fish, right? Fish in the water, you see some, some sparkle. That's the way a lot of us are. You know, just gonna, no, no, no. Chase after wisdom. Chase after God. Be filled. Put first the kingdom of God. Okay, that's enough for me. For the record, you guys were a lot more lively than that first service today. So, you know, I don't know, it was the nine o'clock thing. Uh, you guys are actually awake. That's very nice. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to go to our time of communion, which is continuing our focus on who? Jesus. This is why we are here. Everything about this is connecting with him, not just what we can get from him. If you get, if you get nothing from the message, just get this. Chase him. Focus on him, just not what he can do for you. So during communion, we participate in the body, the blood of Christ. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. We're at the Lord's table. It's all part of putting first the kingdom of God. The Bible says, before we do this, to pause and examine yourself. So let's all bow our heads as we reflect this morning. And let me pray for you. Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in any way, something we've done, something that we didn't do that we should have done, maybe we've been mean to people, not been as patient as we should, whatever shortcomings we have this morning, we just ask you to reset in our hearts. Forgive us, God. Let the blood of Jesus that we celebrate now cleanse us of all our faults and our shortcomings. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we can delight in your will and walk in your ways. And as heads are bowed, maybe you're visiting. This is the first time you've ever heard anything about this kind of stuff. You're thinking, man, I've, I've never even experienced anything like this. Well, why don't you just in your own words, while everybody has their head bowed and praying, just ask Jesus to come into your life. Even if you're watching at home right now on the internet, just bow your heads and ask Jesus to come into your life. and Say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. And you can start your first steps of faith this morning as well. Amen.